Welcome to the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast. I am your host, Mark Bernie, CEO and founder of the Content Marketing Plaza, bringing you two new episodes each week where I and top-level guests teach you how to get on more stages and make a profit from your public speaking. And one of the great areas you could tap into to make money as a public speaker is colleges. And with so many colleges uh, spread across the world, there are so many different opportunities to get in this market. And once you get in one college, it's so much easier to get in all the others. So in this episode, we'll talk about how to tap into the college market for public speaking and how to give the students a great presentation. That in this episode. Today's guest who joins us today, he is an entrepreneur, public speaker, and branding expert who caught the entrepreneurial bug at 12 years old. So he's been at it for a while since that 12-year-old episode uh, where he got the entrepreneurial bug. He now hosts the Decoding Success podcast, which has uh, over 100 reviews within the first two months of the show. Uh, he's a Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee and former content coordinator for Damon John at the Shark Tank consulting firm. And if you are uh, near New York City or anywhere like that, uh, I know Matt organizes a bunch of really awesome events uh, throughout the year. So uh, definitely follow Matt if you're in the area. Uh, if you're not in the area, there's still plenty of content for you to consume from him. But today's guest for episode 11, Matt Labrie, welcome to the show. Mark, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here, man. I truly appreciate it. Matt, I'm so happy to have you on this podcast. And I mean, I've seen you really grow as a public speaker and uh, really own your brand. Uh, so this is going to be a great episode. Uh, but before we dive in, I'm wondering if you could share uh, what led you on the path to public speaking. To keep it real, Mark, I'm not going to lie here and say that, you know, I was like destined for this life. I'm actually someone that got thrown into the fire, you know, and I think when I first started to put out content and starting to own my personal brand, like you were just mentioning, someone actually reached out to me and was like, hey, I really like your stuff. I would love for you to come speak at my college. And I took the opportunity, although I had a little bit of imposter syndrome. I can't lie about that. And I took the opportunity and I went, I spoke to 65 amazing students. And in that process, I'm also telling myself the whole time, wow, this sucks. But it sucks so bad that all 65 students came up to me after and told me how great it was. Mm. And that feeling was comparable to like a significant other giving you butterflies or just that feeling of fulfillment. And it was then and there that I realized that I loved what I was doing. And uh, it's interesting how like a lot of public speakers, especially if you're first going into it, you may think you're horrible, but uh, the audience may like what you're doing. So sometimes we underestimate ourselves when it comes to speaking or any of the other goals that uh, you're after. So, I mean, it seems like you just got uh, someone in the college interested in you speaking and you... Uh, decided to speak at this college. Now I know though, because I follow you a lot on social media, by the way, do that, Matt Labrie, that's his handle pretty much everywhere. But I know you've spoken to colleges in New York, Florida. I know about uh, how it took a few days to go to North Dakota. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, if you, you've spoken to a few of these. So how has it, how have you been able to expand it from that one person who reached out to now getting booked to multiple colleges per month, depending on the uh, month? 
Yeah, I, I think what all all of it comes down to is funneling the content, right? And creating content around this to let people know like, hey, I'm out here and I'm doing this. A lot of people from my personal experience, they'll start speaking and they're once they speak once or twice, they're like, okay, now it's time for everyone to hit me up. But think about how competitive the market is. And that's not to turn anyone away from anything. It's just the reality of it. So when you speak somewhere, and you know you have that opportunity you're gifted with that opportunity blessed with that opportunity make sure people know about it and that's all i did i just let people know like hey i'm here and i'm doing this whether it's on facebook or linkedin or twitter or you know literally anywhere instagram whatever the case is take some live video footage take some instagram stories facebook stories let people know like hey i am here and that's all i did it was almost as simple as saying that and Next thing you know, things started to click. And, and I, I mean, I do see that it's a consistent thing on Matt's social media where he is showing clips of himself speaking and it doesn't matter if whether it's an interview like this, you can use that as a clip or if you're on a stage. Uh, so you don't have to be in front of a thousand people and then you start using clips. You use clips the moment you have something where you are speaking in front of a camera. Uh, so, I mean, it's great to give that persona of a public speaker because people go on your social media, they see public speaker. Hey, I'm interested in you speaking at my event. Have you gotten a lot of public speaking engagements to people reaching out to you? Or would you say you have an outreach system in place that does more of the work? Yeah. So for the, f I've been speaking for about two years now and for the first year and a half or so, everything was coming to me. But at the same time, my main focus wasn't necessarily on public speaking. My main focus was on doing my work with Damon. My main focus was on putting out content on social media, impacting lives that way. And if a speaking engagement or two came my way, cool, I would take it. But in late 2018 into early 2019, you know, this year that we're in right now, I decided that I wanted to live out something that fulfilled me a bit more. And I said, okay, cool, I'm going to start reaching out to people. And I didn't know what I was tapping into at this moment. And there, there was a beast, you know, there was, there was a beast on the other side of that wall. And it's crazy when you have things in place, whether it's, you know, a public speaking one sheet or kind of outlining what you did, you know, what you've talked about, where you've spoke, you know, what background you have, whatever the case is. And uh, you have the video content to back it up. You have the audio content to back it up. You have the testimonials to back it up. And I'm sending this around to people now. And this is, you know, really when I'm starting to tap into other markets and it, it's crazy what's happening. So it's interesting. You have a press kit of sorts so that instead of saying, hey, I'm a public speaker, it's like, here's some video of me being a public speaker. Definitely uh, two different ideas there. And one of the questions I do want to hit on for the outreach, like for a lot of events, you know, it's pretty easy to figure out where you go. Like you just look for the call for speakers page or some events will even email people when they were looking for speakers. But for colleges, it's not as easy. Like you don't go on, let's say Harvard's website and then you have a call to speaker tab on the right hand corner. So what's your approach for finding the right people to contact to uh, be able to speak at colleges? So, I simplified this process because I know you're a college student, Mark. I know I was a college student. In fact, I was the club president of the entrepreneurship club at my college. And I said to myself, at that moment in time, in that moment in my life, I was a decision maker. I had the power to bring in a speaker. Granted, 
you know, depending on what they were charging or whatever the case was. And I said to myself, okay, Matt, you want to speak at colleges as one of the platforms you speak for. Now, what are the steps to doing that? And I said to myself, what would you do if you were in those shoes and reverse engineer that? So I said, well, I need to start looking for people that are club presidents. Now, you're not going to be able to go to, you know, Harvard's website and find up-to-date club presidents all the time because, to be quite honest, in my experience with doing that in regards to, you know, going to a school's website and looking for clubs or whatever the case is, it wasn't necessarily the most effective approach. So what I did was utilize LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the forgotten platform. LinkedIn is where people have their life resume and that's where they update it. That is their digital resume. On Instagram, not so much, right? On Instagram, you're going to see their vacation they took in Antigua, but you might not know that they're the president of Alpha Kappa Psi. You know, and those are the type of things that you really want to know because those are the decision makers. So my advice to sum it all up is, Find if, if your goal is to speak at colleges, find the decision maker on LinkedIn. And it doesn't have to be a student, right? It could be someone in a career service center. If you want to talk about how to land an internship or how to turn an internship into a job, there's a plethora of opportunity out there. And it's very easily tapped into if you reverse engineer the system. And uh, LinkedIn, I really love using LinkedIn for relationship building because you can literally find people based on the role. It's so easy to find the people you're looking for to build relationships with on that platform. The one thing about LinkedIn, though, is that uh, I guess this depends on how many people you connect with, but uh, there's a lot of spam out there of like, you know, like SEO services and like we can get you 100 trillion leads in two (laughs) minutes if you buy our service. Uh, so there's a lot of that there as well. So how do you initiate that conversation in a way that, uh, gets the door open, but doesn't come out as like something spammy, like what some of them are known for? Yeah, no, I, listen, from my experience, I know exactly what you're talking about. I was just on LinkedIn right before this and I'm going through my messages and I'm just like spammed with garbage. Yeah. So my advice is to be genuine. It sounds kind of cliche and kind of corny, But you don't want to go into a message with, hey, I want this from you, Mm. right? It's more so literally talk about them. Like, hey, I would like to learn about you. How could I be of value to you? You know, verbiage and copy and the tone in which you're saying things is so important. And it's really not thought about that often. So whenever I'm doing things of this nature, and a lot of the people I reach out to, I actually don't know. You know, I'll connect with them. I'll send them a little note like saying, hey, I would like to connect with you because I see you're a leader in this space and I like to connect to like-minded individuals, you know? And then from there, it's like, okay, how could I learn about this person? How can I be of value to them without having to ask for something, you know, without trying to extract? I want to be able to input before I extract anything. And I think that's when you create a real symbiotic relationship, a give-give, an ask-ask, and it's okay. And that's what's worked for me, man. And it's interesting how Matt mentions building the relationship because a lot of people, they'll jump to, can I speak on your stage right away? Uh, but if you build the relationship more and more, you're more likely to get the yes. So I'd rather, for instance, get uh, 10 yeses three months from now than one yes right away. Then the other people are out. So sometimes exactly. that patience really pays off. Yep. 
And uh, like one of the other things about speaking in colleges, I mean, we've talked about how to get uh, to the decision maker and then it's up to you to write the copy, present yourself, have some kind of press kit or clips or anything like that. Uh, but then we talk about getting into the classroom, uh, speaking in front of the students. And it's definitely different from speaking in front of uh, business owners or an audience that, for instance, you, I, and others listening or watching um, may already be reaching out to. So uh, can you talk about the dynamic of what a great presentation is like for college students and how it would differ from like a presentation to some other audience? Yeah. You know, it's so funny you bring that up, Mark, because this was the first year I started to speak in front of corporations. So not only am I speaking in front of college students, I'm also speaking in corporations and they're kind of on two different ends of the spectrum, you know? So to answer your question, man, it, it comes down to audience, right? It really, really comes down to audience. So when you're tailoring your, your speech or your presentation or whatever you're delivering, right? Put yourself in the shoes of the person that you're speaking to. And I think this is where a lot of speakers in general kind of get a little tripped up and they feel it's almost a little bit too much about them. Meanwhile, it's the complete opposite, right? You're, you're adding value to the person that's in that seat. Now, you don't have to be a college student. You, you never had to go to college to deliver a successful speech to a college student. It's just know where they're at in life. You know, understand that they're probably anywhere from 18 to 22 or 17 to 23, however you want to categorize it. You know, understand if you're speaking to the marketing club, you're not going to go in there and start talking about HR because that's not necessarily on par or on the on, on spot with what they're doing. Granted, if they say, hey, come in and speak about HR, that's another story. But you, you get what I'm saying here. It's just like really understand what you're who you're speaking to, from there, be engaging, right? Create something engaging. Don't, don't be a professor, right? And I, I'm sure we all have those professors that you sit in a class and, or you've been in a classroom and it's just a bore. You know, show your experience, show your passion, show your enthusiasm, show your excitement for that moment. I'm not saying get up there and be Gary Vee and curse everyone out, but be you, be authentic, come up with your own approach. Don't try and mimic someone so much just because you see them being successful, you know, be you and take stuff. What do they say? Imitate to innovate. You know that I think that's the way you have to do it. And bottom line, man, know who you're speaking to. Yeah, and that, that is a really great uh, lesson for anyone, regardless of your audience you're speaking to. If you better know that audience, you can better serve them, better create that presentation. And also think about, you know, like what disappoints them in presentations that bore them and uh, do something different from that approach that currently is not working or that they don't like. Now, it differs for each person, but... Uh, if you, uh, and especially if you give more of these presentations to the same audience, you get a better idea of how to better serve them. So, uh, Matt's spoken to a lot of college students, so he has to process down by now. If this is your first time entering, uh, you know, it may take you a few times before you really dial it down so that it's specifically for college students, but knowing your audience, as Matt points out, is essential. A hundred percent, man. It's, it's the key. It's the key. 
And I know that a lot of our focus has been on colleges, like speaking at colleges, giving that presentation. You also mentioned the corporations, and I feel like that's another area that a lot of people really want to uh, explore. So I'm wondering if you could just share a little bit on uh, what goes into getting on those stages. Yeah, you know, I'm going to keep it real. I'm always a vulnerable person. I felt a little intimidated uh, speaking to a couple of corporations and uh, business associations and things of that nature because I was a little bit in my head. You know, I'm, I am 26 years old and I'm speaking to people that are, you know, 35 plus and I'm just like, wow, like, you know, they brought me in for this. You know, it was a good feeling yet uh, a bad feeling. It was, it was kind of a mixed emotion. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, to get, to get myself in front of them, man, it, it was the same process. It was the same process. It was just tailoring the approach a little bit different. You know, it, it's not necessarily easy to find someone that works for Goldman Sachs and plans their events. You know, you could probably do a search and do event planner for Goldman Sachs and you'll find that. But it's not as easy as finding the entrepreneurship club president at CUNY York College, right? There, there's a big difference there. And what I noticed was all I was doing was just putting out the same content right? It, it was just repetition. And it took a little bit longer for the people in corporations, those decision makers, to be able to find my content. Maybe it was because they don't search hashtags, or maybe it was because they're not on social media as often. I really haven't been able to identify what it was that took them a little bit longer. But I, I can't say that the approach was any different. And I think the best word to sum it up is simply consistency right? It's number one, you have to commit to actually putting that stuff out there. And this comes back to talking about personal brands. So I don't want to go too far off topic right. here, but you know, you have to commit to it. And there's two ways you can commit Mark, right? There's I'll try and there's I'll do. So think about it. When you try something, how long does trying last? Not as long as I'll do, you know, I'll do sounds a lot more definite. So just because it doesn't happen after the first time or the second time or the third time doesn't mean you stop. Maybe you tailor your approach a little bit different, but you have to stay consistent. Yeah. And uh, earlier when we were talking about colleges, like, I mean, getting in colleges like Matt gave us, you know, LinkedIn, search for a person who's like, Ooh, what a great hack. But uh, now we're just hearing like consistency and repetition. And, you know, these aren't fun things to hear, but they are certainly the truth, because even if you know that LinkedIn hack and you're using it uh, at the end, uh, when someone's deciding whether they want you to speak or not, they're going to look at your speaking experience. They're going to look at your content. So uh, it is good to have that repetition, have that consistency, because it's going to really build up over time. And I think those are some really great habits for anyone wanting to become a public speaker. Matt, though, I'm wondering if you have any additional habits that you feel like would be great for public speakers to pick up. A hundred percent. So I know we're on the profitable podcasting, you know, we're, we're talking about profitable po uh, podcasting right now. So I want to say this actually, profitable doesn't necessarily have to be a paycheck. And what I mean by this is we're talking about content, we're talking about consistency and things of this nature. Profiting from a speaking engagement can also mean having a videographer there for free or having a photographer there for free or getting an article written about you in the school newspaper or 
something along those lines, right? Maybe it's even a lead for your business. That's also profit. So if someone's listening to this right now and there's, you know, profitable, profitable, they're hearing that in their mind and they're like, all right, I want that paycheck. I'm going to keep it real. I did my first three to five speaking engagements for totally free. But what I got out of that was content. And that, again, consistency, posting that content, repurposing that content, doing a whole bunch of editing to that content and expanding the longevity and the lifetime of that content has now resulted in me getting paycheck after paycheck after paycheck after paycheck, right? So that was a habit that I built. And it was just understanding that we're playing this game for the long run, right? We're not necessarily here for a quick come up. We're here to be in this game to create a legacy. I know you and I for sure, and I'm sure plenty of people that are listening as well. So I feel like that's advice that has to be given. Yeah, I I like the long-term approach. And again, that's public speaking. Like, I don't think anyone really goes into public speaking saying, I want to speak for two years and I want to retire, go on some beach and like (laughs) not do any work ever again. Uh, But if you're listening to, you know, this podcast or you're watching the video and you're consuming content similar to this, like you don't want to retire. You don't want to stop. You want to do something that, you know, it's your lifestyle and Public speaking is certainly a great way to make a profit and have that lifestyle. So uh, that's a really great takeaway. Have that long-term view. A lot of really successful people have that view and they are able to, that's why you see people speak for 30, 40 years or even more than that. Uh, And for people who really enjoyed this episode, I know Matt has this ginormous presence on social media. So anything, just go at Matt Labrie and you will be able to, find him in addition to that matt i'm wondering what are where are some of the other places we can see your work on the web man i'm all over and listen again i just want to express my gratitude for the opportunity to be here with you i know we've kicked it so many times already i just want to make sure that people know like i'm grateful for our relationship but i'm all over man instagram twitter facebook linkedin same thing you said just at matt labrie uh, you can check out my website. My website's out there. You can see the places that I'm speaking. It's just mattlabrie.com. And anyone needs anything branding related, man, I just launched a branding agency in March. 1B Branding. 1B standing for the 1 billion people that I'm looking to impact. So making things happen out here, Mark. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for sharing your resources and all the great insights to our time together. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Likewise, man. Thank you for letting me be here.